Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey and I'm so glad that you joined me today. Today is my birthday and there's nothing I would rather do on my birthday than to preach the gospel. So if you have never heard the gospel before, oh man, you're in for a treat. This is the best gift you could ever give yourself is to learn and to hear about the gospel. We're going to pray, and then we're going to uh, talk about what the gospel is and what it means. So if you've never prayed before, uh, just bear with us. If you are a person of faith, if you're a believer in Jesus, then bow your heart with me, and let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your love that's never-ending. I thank you for your love that's so big and so deep that we can't measure it. We can't comprehend it. It's beyond us. I thank you for a love that searches out those that don't know you. I thank you for a love that is so pure, that has no fault in it, that is so wonderful. Lord, I thank you for your love. And we thank you for sending your son Jesus as a, as a symbol of your love for each and every person. God, I pray today that your gospel goes forth, that people hear of your great love. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. I was about 16 years old when a really good friend of mine was told by her parents that she didn't have to go to church with them anymore. She just had to go to church somewhere. Um, And so every Sunday for uh, a good amount of time there, I would go with my friend to different churches in the area. Um, So she had to be in church. She didn't necessarily have to be at her parents' church, but she had to be at church. So we went to a few different churches in our town and the neighboring towns. One day we were uh, driving somewhere, and I noticed a church out in the woods down down a off the beaten path kind of road. And I said, Hey, what is that church? And she said, that's the only church I'm not allowed to go to because it's a Pentecostal church. And I thought in my 16 year old mind, what could be bad about a church? There's nothing bad about churches. And so what do you know? The next Sunday I'm sitting in the back row of this quote unquote bad church. And I'm sitting in the back row and the music starts to play. And The best way that I can describe it is just the love of God hit me. (laughs) Um, And I just began to cry. These big fat alligator tears just started streaming down my 16-year-old too cool for school face. And my friend was like, what is wrong with you? And I said, I don't know, but I know that God is here. And Sunday after Sunday... I kept going back to that church, and I met some key people in my life who I'm still in contact with today, who are still part of my life that helped to teach me about who Jesus was, who helped to uh, show me what the Bible meant, to uh, encourage me to pray, encourage me to get to know Jesus. What is this Jesus? What is this gospel? What am I talking about with spirituality? How is this possible for all people? Well, there's a God in heaven that created us, and the gospel is to be known. To know the gospel is to know that you are known. To know the gospel is to know that you are known by your creator, that you're not just out here on your own, that you're not just out here making mistakes, that you're not just out here trying to figure things out for yourself. To know the gospel is to be known. To know the gospel is to have that sense of home, to have that sense of belonging, to have that sense of completion. Before I knew Jesus, I was the king of my own kingdom. Before I knew Jesus, I would make decisions in my life based on what I knew. 
So whatever age I was, it was all the wisdom that I had at 10 years old would govern my actions. All the wisdom that I had at 14 years old would govern govern my actions. All the wisdom that I had accumulated at 16 governed my actions. And so at 16, when I came to know Jesus as my personal God, I was living for myself. I was the ruler of myself. And so had I made all perfect decisions? Clearly not. You don't even have to know anything about me to know that at 16, ruling my own life, I was not making the best decisions for my life and for the people around me. And so how is it that you change over from making decisions about your life to saying, okay, I no longer want to be in charge of my life. I want God to be in charge of my life. That's a big jump because we all feel like we should be able to govern ourselves. We should be able to uh, choose our own morality or, or think in our own minds and say, okay, this is good and this is bad. This is good and this is evil. But what happens when we govern our own lives is we fall into places we never intended to go. We start doing things we never intended to do that we may have a sense of right and wrong, but it is impossible for us to always follow the right way. So number one, we're making choices based on our own knowledge, which is failable. And number two, we're falling into the wrong way anyway. So even with all the knowledge we could ever come up with, with what is right and what is wrong, we don't have enough knowledge. And then even with the knowledge we have, we keep failing. There's no person on the planet that has ever lived a perfect life. There's no person on the planet who has ever had a plan that they 100% followed through with, with a 100% record of always doing right. Even babies do wrong. Even babies steal toys from each other. Even babies hit each other or bite each other or, or throw tantrums. We're not taught how to sin. We just do. We're not taught how to do wrong. We just do. It's part of who we are. There's no single person. There's no single parent that's perfect. There's no single teacher that's perfect. There's no single police officer. Uh, There's no single person on the planet who's perfect. And here we are ruling ourselves, trying to do the best that we can, but every single one of us falling short. So when I was around 16 years old, I met Jesus. This love hit me in the back pew of a a small, tiny church in the middle of the woods. The love of God hit me. Now it's supernatural and it takes faith to believe. And it's an experience that happens to you that is so personal. God shows himself to each and every single human on the planet, from Africa to Asia to Latin America to the United States. God shows himself to every single person. I don't know if it's you today that for the first time is hearing about this great love of God who wants to know you. I don't know if today is your moment, because here's the thing, that the God of the universe doesn't force us all to bow a knee. He's not like a a dictator that forces us by law and decree to worship and serve him. He's not like even like a democratic leader who's going for popular opinion or popular vote. We see in in Jesus coming to earth that, that he was not popular. He was so unpopular that they killed him. So Jesus is not like a dictator. He's not like a a democratic leader vying for our love and affection. What God is, is he offers us love and then he uses regular everyday people like me, 
regular everyday people like you. And he places in them gifts and abilities to share the love of God. The the love of God has transformed my life. And so now I will spend all my days telling people about the transformation that Jesus can have in their lives, the transformation that God can have in their lives. The transformation in my life is I am no longer the ruler of my life. Jesus is. Jesus is the one that, that guides every decision. He's the one that directs every part of my path. He's the one who decides what's moral and what's not. I have decided that he is God and I'm not, that he is supernatural. And so what happens at salvation, what happens at that salvation is that moment where you decide you are no longer going to be your own ruler, but you're going to allow God to be the ruler of your life because of two things. Number one, you don't have all the information. He's God. The God who hung the stars in the sky, who created animals, who created the planet, who created you, who created things above time and space. He's God and I'm not. So he, his, I recognize that all the wisdom in the world that I could acquire, every book that I could read, every article, every YouTube how-to video, every Wikipedia site I could read, I could not even measure a speck of the wisdom that God has. God created us all. And so I recognize that his wisdom is above my wisdom, number one that he is bigger than me. And number two, I realize that I am not perfect, but I realize that he is. Oh, to find a perfect love, to find a perfect person. We can find all kinds of celebrities and we can find all kinds of really, really good role models, but God is perfect. His love is perfect. And so in him, I find not only does he have more wisdom, but he is perfect and he offers forgiveness for anything I've ever done wrong. His forgiveness, his covering of our sins, he pays the penalty for our sins. He pays the penalty. He takes away our shame. He takes away our guilt. He frees us. We are made alive in him. So the moment where we say, God, I recognize who you are. I recognize that you're God and I'm not. And I accept that you are going to take away all of my wrongdoings. You're going to take away all of my sins. At that moment, we call that salvation. And and what God promises is that that moment when we confess our sins to God, that he delivers us from our sins, delivers us completely from our sins. And he promises that he will never, ever, ever leave us, never forsake us, that he will pour out this poor, perfect love on our lives. And he will begin to transform us to be more and more like what we were intended to be more and more like himself. I'll tell you what the gospel has done for me. It hit me this morning in a really tangible way. I have a mother-in-law who I love very, very much. And we are as different as night and day. She wears makeup every day. She dyes her hair. Her fingernails are always manicured and perfect. And I'm out putting worms on hooks, going fishing and playing in the dirt. She can't understand why it takes me so little time to get ready in the morning. (laughs) Um, We are as different as can be. What the gospel has done for me is this. This morning, uh, we've, we've had our differences. Obviously, we're completely different people. But because we love Jesus, we've worked through our differences. And this morning, she sent me a birthday text. And you want to know what text made me the happiest this morning? The one that made my heart le- leap a little bit was the joy of a little happy birthday text from my mother-in-law. 
That's what the gospel does. I know that might not seem big to you, but that's so big that I could love a mother-in-law who's so different than me, that we could work through our difference, differences because I was forgiven by Jesus, I can forgive her. And because she was forgiven by Jesus, she can in turn forgive me for all the things that I've done that have hurt her or offended her. What the gospel's done for me is, is made me not angry anymore. I used to be so angry at so many things and I'm not angry anymore because God has softened that because I've given over my anger to Jesus because he's walked me through why I'm angry and helped to heal that deep part of my heart that nothing else could heal. Because of the gospel, uh, I am still married Because of the forgiveness of God, I have forgiveness for my husband. Because of the forgiveness of God and the love of God in my life, it has softened me to be more loving, where if I did not have Jesus, I would not be married because I'm selfish. Because I am so selfish. I want marriage to be about me and life to be about me. And as much as I I would like to tell everyone in the world that uh, I am free from selfishness, I am not. I know that I'm not. And so when we fight and when we, we get in disagreements, to have Jesus as the center, to have Jesus to go to, th- that middle person, you know, there's a, a the, the, the stance of God is not on my side or my husband's side. The stance of God is to draw us both to him. And so when we're in an argument and we bring that to God, he heals our marriage. If it weren't for Jesus mediating, if it weren't for Jesus loving and teaching us how to forgive, The gospel has transformed my life. Because of the gospel, I have godly friends who are also seeking God. Because of the gospel, we have reconciliation with people we have no business reconciling with. Because God forgave every sin I have, I can forgive sins of other people. I would never naturally be led to forgive the the things that have been done to us, and yet... Because of Jesus, because of the gospel, the gospel breeds forgiveness. The the gospel does things that transform our very lives. Because of the gospel, anything is now possible in my life. Because of the transforming power of the gospel, anything is possible in my life. I'm not a nasty person. Ah, it creeps in there and God keeps scrubbing it out, keeps helping me to change, helping me to transform Without the gospel, I see glimpses sometimes of how nasty I can be, how self-centered, how mean, how wicked I can be. But the gospel has transformed my heart and continues to transform my heart. The gospel forces you to look away from yourself because you experience this love that's so deep and so pure and so whole, and so real. You experience this love that completes you, this love that says you're home, this love that says you're okay, this love that says here's what you've been searching for, this love that says, uh, you know, even the hard things are not hard anymore, this love that just softens everything. This love that envelops us, this love of God forces me teaches me, trains me to look away from myself and to share that love with other people. It overflows out of us. The love of God, when it touches your life, and you'll know that it touched your life because there's nothing like it. There is nothing in the world like it. It's not like eating the best ice cream. It's not like having the best experience. It's not like sex. It's not like drugs. It's not like any of those things. It's beyond. 
It's supernatural. The supernatural love of God transforms your life. And you'll know when you feel the transforming power of God in your life. That transforming power just teaches you to look away from yourself and to give that love to other people. That you could just be a conduit of the love of God. That the love of God comes into your heart and you have to give it away because it's so pure and it's so wonderful and you can't keep it for yourself because you know that you don't deserve this pure love. Once you feel the pure love of God, you realize that it's for all of humanity and you just can't sit back and say, oh, thank you for this. I'm going to keep it for myself. It's too good. And there's too much of it. It's not like there's a lack of God's love. It's not like there's a lack of, of availability to people. And that's what's so amazing and supernatural about God's love is that there is enough to go around and it's for every single human on the planet. From the worst person in jail to the most saintly person you could meet, the love of God transforms every life. The love of God transforms every single life. If you would open yourself up and just say, God, I want to receive your love. God, I believe that you're real and I want to receive your love. Everything changes. At that moment, when you say those words, when you believe it in your heart, when it's not just, just words, but it's a belief and you say, God, I want to experience and know your love. I believe that you're real. God come in and you be the ruler of my life. You be the one in charge of my life. In that instant, you are adopted into the family of God. In an instant, you are no longer just flesh and blood, but you are a spiritual being. In that instant, you become a child of the living God. In that instant, you become made new. The Bible is clear and full of, of every account of how we were dead in our sin. But once we confess our sins and Jesus forgives our sins, once we accept that forgiveness, everything changes. Your whole life is transformed. Your, your, your life is made new. You see through different eyes. You act a different way. You become a new creation. In, in the book of John, it, there's a man who's talking to Jesus. And he's like, Jesus, uh, you know, I, I know you're a good teacher. So tell me what it is that I have to do to become one of your followers. And that's the question you have this morning today, isn't it? What is it that I have to do to become a follower of Jesus? What is it that I have to do to experience the great, deep, pure love of God? And Jesus replies to this man, and, and it's interesting, this man came to Jesus in the middle of the night because he was afraid of what other people would think. And maybe you're listening to this podcast right now, and you have so many other people, so many other voices in your life saying, uh, you know, that church, that religion is bad, that it's, it's, it's no good. And maybe you're just hearing this for the first time with these little headphones in your ear and you're craving to know because there's a stirring in your heart and you're craving to know who is this Jesus? Who, what is this God? What is this thing that's happening to people around me? Well, Jesus says to this man in the middle of the night who comes to him, he says, in order for you to be my follower, you must be born again. And the guy says, this is, this is nuts. How can I be born again from my mother's womb? It's impossible. I can't do that. And Jesus says, no, what I'm talking to you is a spiritual thing. What I'm speaking to you about is not a natural birth, but a spiritual birth. And once you accept God, once you accept the sacrifice of Jesus to cover all of your sins, then you are born anew as a spiritual person. You are born again into the family of God. You no longer just bear the last name of your father. Now you bear the last name of Jesus Christ. Now you bear the identity of being called a child of the living God. Now there is no turning back. Now you are part of what God intended for you all along. Now you have access to the throne room of God. Now you have access to the God of the universe to talk to him, for him to teach you, to mentor you, to love you, to be with 
with you, to walk with you. And now there are things in your life, once you become a spiritual part of the kingdom of God, once you become a child of the living God, now things are no longer welcome in your life. Depression has to flee in the name of Jesus. You know, in my life, there was generation after generation of severe depression. And you want to know what? It ends here. It ends here because the power of Jesus transformed my life. We go through periods of sadness and periods of depression, but there are things that end when we come to know Jesus. There are things that no longer take hold of us because we are children of God. We are children of God. The rules change. The the chains that have bound us for so long fall off. There is a peace in our lives. There's something about true love, pure love, and pure peace that there is nothing in this world that compares to it. There's nothing you can conjure up that's like it. There's no escape that's like this peace. The peace that God gives you, the peace of God helps you to walk through everyday life situations and be okay. The peace that the world offers through uh, drinking alcohol is peace for a few moments And the next morning you have a hangover. The peace that the world offers is a relationship that maybe uh, goes against your morality, but yet excites you until you feel peace and excitement and joy, but it only lasts for a season. And then you need a new relationship or you need a new high or a new thing to fill that peace in your life. But the peace of God is the peace that passes all understanding. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. The gospel is peace. The gospel is pure love. The gospel is the good news that Jesus says to every single person, come, be a part of my family. Come, I want to adopt you in as a child of God. Come and be a brother. Come and be a sister. Come and be part of the family of God. This is to be known by your creator. This is the home that you've been looking for. This is the thing that will transform everyday situations into something you never thought possible. But with the gospel, anything is possible. With the gospel, anything is possible. You know the love of God is so deep that it doesn't stop when you sin. The gospel is so powerful that if you accept Jesus as your Savior, as you you accept Jesus and you say, Jesus, I want you to take the penalty for all of my sin. I want you to take the guilt. I want you to take the shame. I want you to pay for everything I've ever done. He says, yes, I'll do it. But it's not a one-time thing. Jesus loves us so much that he comes back and forgives us again, and forgives us again, and forgives us again. He says there's no sin that's not common to man, but he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he erases our sins. He says he, he doesn't remember them anymore. He's faithful to continue to forgive us. Should we go on sinning so that he can go on forgiving? Absolutely not. His love transforms us. When someone loves you so much, you don't want to do anything against them. And God loves us so much. And as we get to know him, uh, sin just breaks our heart. Sin just pains us. But you want to know where the morality lies. It's in the person of Jesus. It's not in our, we're not the kings of our own kingdom. We're not deciding what's right or what's wrong. We look to a supernatural God who says, I want the best for you. I want the absolute best for you. 
And so I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to show you the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone that comes to me will be saved. Do you want to go on living not knowing true love and true peace and true forgiveness? Do you want to go on being the king of your own kingdom? Or do you want to surrender your life and say, God, I know that you're real. I know that you have a different way, different than I've tried the rest of my life. Do you want to experience the deep, pure love of God? It's available to every single man, woman, child, teenager, elderly person on the planet. And God uses people like me. God uses uh, regular everyday common people to deliver this message and say, God transformed my life. He can transform your life. And it's been the same from generation to generation. This is the same offer that was offered in the 1950s. It was the same offer offered in the 1800s. It was the same offer in the 1500s. It was the same offer since, since Jesus came, this same offer to come and experience forgiveness, experience love, and to know your, your God, to know your creator. I want to read to you from the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, uh, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our own flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Here it is, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he may show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. There's no amount of good things you can do that can earn your way into the family of God. It's beautiful. It's supernatural. You know, if I were to set up a kingdom, I would say, you know, good people can get in. I would say people who work hard could get in. I would put all these parameters on who could get into this great kingdom. But Jesus says all can come. Jesus said he sent, or God said he sent his son into the world that everyone could be saved. So it's not the amount of good you have done in your past that gets you into the family of God. It's not the things that you're doing today. The Apostle Paul, one of the uh, main people in the Bible, says, Oh, what a wretched man that I am. When you recognize who you are and who God is, when you see God as heavenly and perfect and wonderful, and you see that you've tried and tried and tried, but your sin keeps catching up to you, your mistakes keep catching up to you, your wrong decisions keep catching up to you, you realize that you need a perfect Savior. And it's Jesus. And Jesus is not just a crutch that helps us get through. You want to know what Jesus is? He is a healer and a transformer. He's one that takes things that are broken and makes them like new. He takes our hearts of stone and makes them hearts of flesh. He takes the things in us that are broken and he makes them well. 
He takes people to minds who are distorted and makes them well. He takes hearts that are broken and heals them. He takes relationships that are broken and restores them. He takes anger and brings peace. His wisdom is beyond ours. It is supernatural. We can't obtain it on our own. And so today, the offer is this. Do you want the gospel? Do you want that good news? Do you want that that truth in your life? Do you want to be transformed today? Do you want to say, enough with my old life? I want to be born again like that man who came to see Jesus in the night. Maybe this is your night. Maybe this is your experience today. I believe that it is. I believe that God wants to take you and to mold you and transform you and to show you pure love, pure forgiveness, pure peace, peace that this world cannot offer, forgiveness that this world cannot offer, love that this world cannot offer. Do you want to be made whole? Then right now, wherever you are, I don't care if you're at the gym or at your house or on a walk or in your car, take your heart right now, bow your head and ask Jesus, say, Jesus, would you be in control of my life? Would you begin to transform with me? Would you begin to show me your love, your peace, and your forgiveness? God, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have messed up. I know that I am not perfect. And I know that you are. So will you begin to show yourself to me? Will you accept me? into the family of God. Will you take that moment right now and say, God, I know you're real. God, come in to my life and begin to transform me. And I guarantee your life will never be the same. The gospel is excellent news. The gospel is everything to us. I was 16 years old when it hit me, but it was soon after that. It was a a good year or so after that when I kept messing up and I kept messing up and I kept messing up and I couldn't understand how God could still love me because I had said, God, I want to be free from sin. God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to direct my path. I want you to lead me. But I kept sinning in the same way and I couldn't break free from it. One day, as clear as day, the Lord showed me I was uh, my eyes were closed and I was just praying and the Lord I was praying and I was picturing God sitting on the throne like this golden throne up in heaven and I'm picturing this and God stood up came down off his throne and lifted up my chin and embraced me with a hug and he said child I love you that changed me it changed me it was a real moment for me that the God of the universe loved me in the midst of my sin I wanted to stop sinning and I couldn't I didn't have it in me to stop. And it was by God's Holy Spirit that began to change me and to draw me and to move me into new places so I would stop sinning in that way. And, you know, the Christian people are always struggling with sin. We're always trying to get away from sin and get towards God and be filled with righteousness. Every year, I want to look back and say, I'm not where I was last year. By the grace of God, by the amazing grace of God, He is transforming me year by year. And the more I'm transformed, the more I can be a conduit of His love and to show other people. Today, if you decide to no longer be a slave to sin, if today you decide to have a new leader of your life, God, then tell someone, tell someone, Find a local church. Find another Christian person that you can say, hey, today I've made that decision. Today I decided I want to follow Christ Jesus. 
Get a Bible. They're everywhere. You can get a Bible online. You can get a Bible at Walmart. Get a Bible and begin to read about the love of God. But tell someone. It's so important to have someone to walk this journey with you, to help you, to keep you accountable. God created us to be in community. He adopted us into his family, and his family is here on earth. His family is, is filling up churches around the, the globe. So today, if you've prayed that prayer, you can email me. You can contact me. My email's at the bottom of the SoundCloud episode. Please email me. Tell me if you've accepted Jesus. I'll help you find a church. I will mail you a Bible. If you need a Bible, just email me your address, and it will be in the mail the next day. Because the, the God of this universe is so good. The Bible is so good, and I don't care how many I have to send out. It would be an honor and a privilege to send you a Bible. I want to pray with you. And then I hope that you will take that step in your own heart, in your own way, and talk to God yourself. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your pure love, your pure peace, your pure forgiveness. And God, I pray for those listening today that don't know you yet, that today would be the day that they would be born again, that they would be born out of their fleshly life into a spiritual life, born into the family of God. I know how you've transformed my life. God, I pray that you would transform more and more lives. God, I pray that we would accept this free gift of salvation, that we would accept your love. God, I know that as people's journeys just start today, that they, as they are, are born into the family of God today, that the, there is nothing impossible for their lives at that moment. God, I pray that uh, we would move in ways of forgiving other people, being transformed from our anger and our, our disputes and all of our things. And God, I pray that you would begin to heal us, make us more and more like you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Amen.